0: If you are a clinical director or a practice manager and your to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to support you to roll out your network based contracts and projects, I would love to help you. We also provide consultancy and coaching advice to healthcare business owners and clinical leads looking to take the next step in their career or their business come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Hi, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So back in episode 26, I talked you through the role of the clinical lead that is spearheading a service, a project, or a healthcare network. And I also wrote a blog titled The Role of the Network Lead. In those pieces of content, I talk about the leadership mindset, vision and the work required behind the scenes. So if you are yet to have seen those or need reminding of those, please head over to www.thcprimarycare and go to the blog and the podcast page. In today's episode, I wanted to give you guys um, a management perspective on how the manager and your set of skills complements the clinical lead delivering the service, the project or the network because it's a question that comes up all of the time. What is the role of the network manager? Because I work in the role of primary care in primary care networks. However, this podcast is honestly applicable to any management role. And I I learned a lot of this when I worked in a university and I was a business development manager. So it doesn't really matter where you are, it's the skills and how you apply them to your area of work. So the role of a manager supporting their clinical lead, I believe, needs to be a master facilitator. They are the person that your clinical lead will look to, you're just behind them, you're their best supporting Actor or actress, you're there to help. Sometimes you may chair the meeting or you're the double act to the chair in a meeting. You're really good at gaining consensus. You're really good at uncovering the stuff that's not being said. You're looking at people's kind of visual cues and you're just great at bringing people together and getting them to talk and you're leading them to an outcome. So we are master facilitators and all these are skills that can be developed. And when I talk you through some of this stuff, you may think I'm really good on that aspect, but I'm not really good on another aspect. Am I in the wrong job? The answer is no, these are all just skills that we need to learn and develop. And we're always learning all the time. None of us are ever the finished product. I also think that we are solution focused. So what we don't want and we all know these people, is the person to just bring up the problem and what's wrong with X, Y, and Z with no potential solutions. So the role of the manager supporting the clinical lead, you're there to always drive it forward. We don't want to stay stuck because if we stay stuck, we end up going backwards. People become frustrated. People become disengaged. So we're always thinking, what can we do? We're very resourceful. We've got lots of connections. We've made lots of friends in different areas. We can, you know, borrow with pride. We are the people to say, okay, our network, our project, our service is running into a problem. How can we fix this? What do we need to do? What are the lessons learned? There's always something we can do. The solution never is just to moan about it. So we're definitely solution focused and we are there Coaching the CD. So, like, come on. Oh, when I say CD, I mean clinical director. We are there saying we can do this. What can we do? Um, how, should we try this? Should we try that? So, always looking forward, always trying to find solutions. I talk a lot about this with my a kind of a colleague, friend, Ben Gowland, who hosts the general practice podcast. And we often describe the role of a manager supporting a clinical director or clinical lead is somebody that's good at turning like vague ideas and wishy-washy bits of information into something without anybody telling us. So we're really good at proactively listening, understanding and working out what is being said, what is the need and how can we make this practical? How can we turn it into something actionable and tangible. And sometimes you'll get crystal clear direction. A lot of the time we might not do. And it's a little bit different when you're managing a defined project. But when you are spanning multiple organisations and you are you feel like you're a bit of a relationship manager, it's not always obvious. People are saying to you, go and develop that relationship over there to help us do X doesn't really happen like that. So we're really good at scouring the landscape. We're really good at building our black book of contacts and working out what needs to be done and then just coordinating other people to do it and also understanding what your role is in doing that as well. We are also operators and implementers. Now, depending where you are, so take all of this information and then work out what applies to you. This is the long list, okay? So don't feel like you have to do all of this stuff. Some of you guys will be super strategic. Other people will be down as operators and implementers. And even if you are in that strategic role, you need to know what needs to be done or you need to surround yourself with operators and implementers to execute the vision, right? So you either have the skill or you know the people in your team that have the skills those are the people to get it done those are the people constantly asking who what why where how and how much they dot the i's and cross the t's and make sure everything is in order so your their higher manager or their director or their ceo or their coo or their clinical lead knows that everything is in hand I would also say you're quite entrepreneurial so in healthcare it feels like there will never be enough time, never be enough resources because the system is under so much demand. So you have to be thinking, it kind of goes back to that being solution focused and being resourceful is looking at things with an entrepreneurial lens, thinking about what can we do? What resources have we got? What business development opportunities, what strategic partnerships could we create and I personally love my job, so I'm always I'm very attached to the client and the project and the network and think, well if this, even though it's not about me, but if this was my business, if this was my project, how would I be approaching it? And then I'd share those ideas with those around me. I definitely think it's a useful skill to be the leader and driver and wanting to enhance whatever you are working on. And I think that entrepreneurial spirit, and that is when you get knocked down, you get back up. When you get knocked down, you get back up. When you get bad news, you just, you brush it off. You're super, super resilient. You cannot do this job if negative feedback is going to cripple you. It's just not the job for you. So I definitely think an entrepreneurial spirit. I read so many business books and none of them, you know, say this is how you run your primary care project but I take so many skills from business leaders. And some of these books include, I've got, sorry, I'm looking at them as I read this. I've got Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, The HBR Guide to Leading Teams, The Creator's Code by Amy Wilkinson. Love that book. Smart Collaboration by Heidi K. Gardner. If you listen to the HBR podcasts, they always have authors and academics and business people coming on to share their work so I get a lot of ideas from that podcast now don't laugh at me one of the books i absolutely love he's got two by ryan serhant and the latest one i read was big money energy and the other one is selling like serhant he is an estate agent or a realtor in america and he is on he features and stars in a like a reality TV show called Billion Dollar Listing or Million Dollar Listing. I think he's amazing, amazing salesperson. Crush It by Gary Vanderchuk. The War of Art by Stephen Priestfield. Traction by Gino Wickman. You have to read that book if you're looking to implement systems and processes in your networks, your projects, your organisations. There's so many. Relentless by Eddie Hearn. There are so many lessons entrepreneurial lessons, leadership lessons, management lessons by people that are more successful than ourselves. And I always, without being rude, my mind boggles when I say to people, do, do, what what are you reading? And they go, nothing. It's like, you need to be reading and learning from other people that are us are killing it in their area of field. It doesn't matter whether they are in primary care or healthcare or not, it's probably better than they aren't because then you can take their ideas with a fresh lens and bring them into your organization. But business is business, leadership is leadership, project management is project management, collaboration is collaboration. So another thing which I think is really important is around your education and that is really understanding change management, and what it takes and what it requires to change people's behaviours, understanding iceberg theory, understanding behaviours and motivations and how they are different and how they're perceived, how to create a sense of urgency, how to create that guiding coalition. It's really, really important. Otherwise you may find yourselves, I suppose you'll lose credibility because people will see even if they don't understand themselves, I think it's easy to see when their leader or manager has there are gaps in their understanding around what it takes to move things forwards. Too many mistakes start to happen. And then for those of us that are working across multiple organisations, you are, I feel like we're master negotiators, so you're a bit of a diplomat. And there is an academic paper called We Are All Boundary Spanners Now, published by Cardiff Metropolitan University School of Management. And when I read that paper, I worked as a business development manager in the University for the Faculty of Health. And I was studying my MBA, and when I came across this paper, I thought this has been written for me exactly for me. I, I'll we'll leave it in the show notes. I honestly think it is excellent, and I wish I'd written it myself. <laughs> it so succinctly describes what it means and what it takes, and the skills required to influence across multiple departments and organisations. And they describe this boundary spanning role as a linchpin or a broker or gatekeepers. And the paper also talks about the need to secure political and social legitimacy. And they also use the term, and I'd never heard this before, I read the paper. And that is the role of a reticulist reticulist. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And that is somebody that possesses skills in creating services and manipulating communication networks and is astute at identifying where in an organisation a decision needs to be made. They manage relationships between different sources of power using diplomacy, influencing, and they promote consensus-seeking behaviour. I can't read it all because otherwise I'm just (laughs) plagiarising these work. It is excellent. Read that paper. If you are a primary care network manager, you're working in a clinical commissioning group, you are a business development manager selling services across uh, the NHS. It is excellent. That paper tells you exactly the skills required. And these are all coachable and each can be learnt. And then you, we have to decide what is what are we really, really good at and what actually, what other role do we need to bring into the team to fill that gap? So I'm going to stop here. Even though this episode is relatively short, I've given you loads of book recommendations. I've given you the recommendation to read the paper. We are all boundary spanners now. I'll leave that in the show notes. On our THC website, we've got over 200 blogs. We've obviously got the Business of Healthcare podcast, which you're listening to now, where we have released over 120 episodes. For those of you that work in the field of primary care and you are a primary care network manager or administrator or clinical lead, we have got a masterclass coming up called How to Navigate Multiple Practices with Confidence on Thursday the 27th of May from 1 to 3.30. It is a virtual workshop which costs £197 plus VAT and included in that price, delegates will also get a free one-to-one coaching session with me. So So there's loads and loads of stuff for you to do. I'd love to see you at the workshop. Again, the details of that will be in our show notes and I will see you in the next episode of the Business of Healthcare podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you hear, I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five star review. newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode.